And we're back. We're back to talk about more corn. The produce! The Halloween harvest, the corn This is the corn yeah. The last one was the Halloween harvest, rather than the corn now. Oh, okay. So we've talked about... God, where are we up to? We've talked about six previous Children of the Corn movies that don't fit in any sort of... Any sort of sense whatsoever. Unless you want to watch part one and part three, or you could watch part one and part two and part four, and then you could watch part one and part three and part five. You're stretching. <laughs> you could just not watch any of them. No, like, sure, maybe some of them could kind of line up, but I don't. I still really think went to line up. I still think my Eastern European Children of the Corn sequel, you know, is a good idea, even with the Chechens and all the political aspect. We could do a simple one. I'm thinking I got even a mix. I here's a, a a real thought. Here's a million dollar idea. So the corn from part three gets all the way to like Eastern Europe where, I don't know, some people start growing it and they get a weird children of the corn, corn thing fungus? going on. Well, no, it's back just, from part two. We're still we're still working with just part one. Like it's essentially an Eastern European remake. They get their own kid cult and then they start watering the crops with these barrels that they found at a nearby factory that is Peter Coyote's trioxin from the other Return of the Living Dead movies, and it turns the children of the corn into trioxin zombies. So it's a children, a return of the living children of the corn. Fucking boom, Lionsgate, what's up? So children of the corn, corn to the grave? At the end of the the movie... They could find the Hellraiser box since all of those are also filmed in Eastern European countries now, and it could be Children of the Corn Raisers. You could call it Corn. What is it? Uh, the, the fourth one is Corna or uh, Necropolis. We could call it Cornopolis. I like that. These are all good ideas. Children of the Corn, Cornopolis. We're going to get the amazing Rolls staff. Right the We've got a staff of 23 writers here at Death by DVD who are going to get on that right now. Are you talking about the room full of uh, chimpanzees? No, they're not all chimpanzees. Some of them are lemurs. Mm. Yeah. Do we want to do this? Do we do we even want to continue on with this premise that we started? Do we? I, I think at the very, very end, we'll we talk about the left. best movie. I guess, I guess we can we can keep going with four left. We've been locked in a room for days and forced to finish this, so it's it's got to end sometime. We've not eaten. I'm running low on cigarettes. I'm tired. I, I don't know if it's still October or if we've been locked in here longer. Uh, my sense of time is fleeting. Eating just canned corn for a week straight. Not even creamed corn, just sweet white canned corn with water. All we've been able to drink is corn water. And our only thing, only like, Sweet good we get candy corn, which I like. I like candy corn. Uh, I'm a candy fan corn. of it. It's disgusting. What are you talking about? It, it's gross. I love it when you get the little candy pumpkins with the candy corn. It's fantastic. It's, it's all buttery sugar. It's gross. I uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, but what I don't like is Children of the Corn Revelation. Revelation. Uh, God, what year is this one? 2001 is directed by Guy Mager, and this one we get, I think, on the poster based on the story Children of the Corn by Stephen King. So Children of the Corn 7 is literally by a guy. Yeah. Just a guy. All right. uh, I think a fella named S.J. Smith wrote it. So again, we've just got letters and names. A guy. 
Um, this is one of the most extreme direct-to-video sequels that has deviations from Children of the Corn. Good. I, I, it's hard even trying to like recall what the hell this one was about. There's an apartment complex and a chick goes back. Her grandmother. Yeah, and she her... hasn't heard from her. And the children of corn have taken over our apartment complex. But have they? In Chicago or something? I don't like. It doesn't like. There's no follow through. It was whatever set was the cheapest. So yeah, like part three, it just doesn't matter. Ge- geography doesn't matter in this series. Not anymore. So what we've got is we've got an apartment building. And we've got a bunch of overly done horror lighting. So it's probably a closed project apartment building where they got it for really This cheap. would have been a sweet ass Nine Inch Nails video or Skinny Puppy or something. Like this would have looked really great for four minutes. But not Children of the Corn. Way nope. overly horror lit for it. And it's just obnoxious because it's a typical horror movie of the air where it's a lot of flashes. It's got it's Michael a- Ironside in it. Ooh, for like 30 seconds. Congratulations, Michael Ironside, on the paycheck. I applaud you, sir. But um, oddly, at least three or four hours worth of makeup is applied to him for the role. So to really make that scar look good, huh? But like it's it's your typical horror film where we have dreams and flashes into uh, what did I think I saw? It's very and, 2001. Yeah, it's all that shit that I'm just so bored by in horror films it's now where it always has to go into like a weird dream sequence or a hallucination sequence and did I see or not see it and just like basically uh, I think this scares. is like you know really late video market fodder that we're keeping the name alive we don't want to lose this title to another company so we're going to shove something out because we're in 2001 so this was filmed 99-2000 that market transitioning into you know DVDs were still pricey and sort of a collector's thing this is a, a grab randomly. I mean, how many people are going to be convinced to get Children of the Corn revelations? How many people were going out of their way at this point, you know, keeping up with the Children of the Corn series to actively want to pursue this? And am I not mistaken? Isn't there a scene in this with um with a pentagram? So like, we're not even really like we're going off into some weird well weirdly. Directions. In Children of the Corn, um, in the sacrifice scene toward the end, when Malachi wants to ha- wants to sacrifice Isaac, the guy that's gonna that was going to be sacrificed, they say something like, "You know, you, we have a treat for you. You're gonna go up with Isaac." He has a pentagram carved into his chest. So I don't. They've had weird imagery that was nonsensical throughout the entire series because that's where I lead to think that it's like. I kept referring earlier to it as like an old world God, a pre Old Testament God, because it's like like one of the Canaanite gods or something, you know, one of the sacrifice gods or so fertility gods. Is it black I, magic now that we're getting into the children? Of the yeah, well, I th- black magic. I think it's like a, an entity like he who walks behind the rose is an entity that's masquerading and using faith and like biblical prospects and this uh, bastardized version of Jesus to convince the children to feed into its cult. And it's an alternative entity like Randall Flagg or like an older evil God pre uh, Old Testament before the fall of the Tower of Babel and all that or the uh, Solomon key and the locking of all the demons and whatnot. So, I mean, it's just deep Stephen King mythology, but all the movies I mean, part six is six, six, six. So uh, is it satanic now or is it Isaac returns satanic? I'm (laughs) not. Yeah, there's not uh, a lot of sense that I'm trying to make. Well, I'm pretty sure like they got the title six, six, six because it was part six. It's fucking sweet. There was its dimension and they were originally Halloween six was going to be Halloween six, six, six. But they changed it due to marketing because they were afraid that. 
they were going to get, you know, like some cities wouldn't run the movie with 666 in the title. So I, I think that, that's just you. a carryover. When we get to part six of any of our specialty shows, it, all of them will be 666 because it's sweet. <laughs> it's fucking sweet. I, and like uh, re touching upon my story, my, my love and passion of this damn movie was just that cover that was so bad. The, the sickle in the air and the big green leprechaun face with Isaac in the background. But it said 666 on it. And that's edgy. That was cool, man. Back Needed. in your edgelord days. Yeah, back in the early aught thousands. Is that what you call um, them? 2000 and aughts or the aught thousands? We call them the aughts. Around the time that this movie came out, actually, 2001. But, like, what's weird about this one as opposed to Children of the Corn 3 is when you transport it to, like, more of a cityscape to this apartment complex, you lose a lot of that, like, southern kind of, you know, out in the open Midwest. Part feel three had its it. own separatist feel that made it all right. But it works in part three because they visit it occasionally and the kids actually do feel like they're from, you know, like, you know, Nebraska. This, they're just Kansas. ghost kids. There's no ghost kids in a building because it's not even just a southern feel. I mean, we're dealing with Nebraska. It's this that kind of empty America. And, you know, when you rewatch Children of the Corn, you kind of forget like, damn, where is Nebraska? Where 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 what is the Midwest? All those places and you, know, you try and name all the states. I'm sure there's someone out there that can name every single one of them off the top of their head because there's always a shining star. But you forget about the whole middle fucking half of the United States generally. So what is where where the hell is nebraska what are the people like all you really get from the first movie is gatlin's a very religious town so everyone dresses like a quaker mennonite kind of thing you don't really get a clear gist of, of any of it so throughout the movie series they use that imagery continuously for all their characters and then finally here it's just like weird little ghost kids and frocks there's not a real representation of anything ooky spooky that is associated with the, the mythology of Gatlin or anything. I don't even think they reference. They might reference. This might be the one where he who walks behind the rose was a child preacher that was set on fire and her grandmother. Well, yeah, it is. Her grandmother was the only survivor. Yeah. So like, this this announces a whole new preacher who is also possibly he who walks behind the rose, as did part four. But it was cut in part four. It was mildly left in this one. I.e. rewriting this thing so we can set it somewhere else where we don't have to go out to the Midwest to shoot anything or go to Canada. Well, I'm going to be shoot it in a building in L.A. I'm going to be honest. When we did part four, I think I confused it with part seven. So that whole was probably on part They're seven. so uh, different, Hank. These movies yeah. are entirely different. Well, out of the entire series, four and seven are the two biggest non sequels that don't really fit in that were really other stories. So, you know, oops, I did it again. I played with <laughs> your heart. I got lost in the game. Oh, That's baby, hot. baby. Dude, you should release a Britney covers album. Yeah. Very good at it. It's Hank, and bitch. A sociopath, so two and two. That's not but, true. I have a whole key and spectrum of emotions. Psychopath would probably be a more fitting title. Sociopath, whatever. Um, yeah, sociopaths don't have a whole spectrum of emotion. They only care about one thing, and that's generally themselves. I actually have little to no regard for myself or well-being. <laughs> well, getting all scientific on me. I'm just, you know, telling it as it is, Chief. So, Children of the Corn Revelations from 2001. Probably directed by a sociopath, because they didn't fucking care what the audience felt whatsoever. Well, I mean, I'll, and this is really where we, like, let's start see. to really deviate and really get into just direct-to-video crap that no one is watching. And I think this killed the series for a good long while, didn't it? When did, um... 
Oh yeah, Genesis in the remake, I think, didn't come out. Killed it for the better part of a decade. 2011 yeah. when Genesis came out. Well, this is just like I mean, because it's like a nothing movie. I mean, most of the adults who grew up with Children of the Corn in a title of a film were had become adults at that point, or they were old people, and they just weren't interested in this idea anymore. And you're not bringing a youth market into it by just it's Children of the Corn. Well, what's that? It's Stephen King. They can't read. No, okay. Read. <laughs> so I mean. Guy Mager, the director of this movie, he also did The Stepfather 3. He did a movie called Retribution from 1987. He did Cover Up from 1984. He directed loads of episodes of Sliders and La Femme Nikita. Right. Canadian. So he, uh, oh, oh, in 1983, he directed Till Death Do Us Part and West Coast Turnaround and The A-Team. I like this guy. <laughs> I well, like this Retribution, guy. he did Retribution, which is its own kind of mess of a movie yeah that was exciting to see yeah from but, cairo uh, egypt i'm probably not pronouncing his name correctly whatsoever but you know what no one's gonna no one listens to the show enough to like email us how to say his name and i will read your letters on the show we're clearly trying to start a segment where we read letters on the show so come on somebody email a complaint a poor review anything recipes and i'll probably just have my heart broken and move on with my life because that's what i do I just, I, I weep. I I'm apparently sad. a sociopath, so I don't feel emotion anymore. Hank, did you sit through uh, all Children of the Corn movies in the span of a week? In the span of a day, fella. Well, then that makes you a bit of a sociopath. I enjoyed, for the most part, a lot of it. I think you're getting your words wrong, though. I'm really going to go with a psychopath. I oh, think it sure. was more torture um, than anything else. So you are we are you ready to, to take Let's the decade move on. jump? Let's move on to Genesis, which yeah. is just a fucking turd. Ten years later, from 2011, by Joel Soisson. I like Swison. this guy's last name. A dimension, for lack of a better term, bitch boy. That's what lackey. he did. Yeah, he's a lackey. He, he's uh, a winged monkey. Joel Soisson, um, or... The Wizard of Oz reference. And uh, Joe Chappelle? Is that his name? I think so. They, I like, would say Chappelle. Because they had a lot to do with... Most dimension horror films uh, like throughout the late nineties and two thousands, and god damn it, this movie isn't just. First of all, it's because we can't make a movie again in the Midwest. We can't really have any corn. We want this to be cheap. Let's just set it in the desert because that's right outside of L.A. That's easy. So no fucking corn. There's no goddamn corn in this movie. Like there's one scene with some corn in it, and it's a hallucination. Um, but it does have Billy Drago. I will give it that. And it's that, got that like, story. I'll give this as a 10 year later return to a completely dead series. Nobody at all questioned. Hey, when are they going to do another Children of the Corn movie? It had a, an OK story. The last few of these movies tried to return to at least something scary. So you've got this vet that comes home at the same time that the Gatlin murders are happening and is somehow spared and decides to live and has born a new prophet that is channeling and making all this. So like movie wise, it's ridiculous. It drags rarely any of this shows up. You get bits and pieces of it and you can piece it together by the end. But I mean, there as I said, like five actors in this movie. Yeah. Like this as a story, 
as an idea, as a story concept, it's really, really cool. As put to motion on film, it's not really great at all. And like Billy Drago, he's acted it up. He's cool. He whispers a lot and he looks kind of ooky spooky. And that's great. You know, rest his his scary, scary soul. But there's not a lot to offer with this. Well, your protagonists are a bickering couple and she's just recently pregnant. And they're horrible. They're an annoying couple. I feel nothing for these people. I find um, the female of the couple to be uber cunty for literally no reason whatsoever. Um, Yeah, I hate to use that as a term, but really, like, just to give you a description, it's got to be sort of the foulest description you can do because there's right off the bat no redeemability. And they're both, like, I think he's a giant cocksucker also. He's a dick. Yeah, both of them, like the movie has been on for five minutes and it's like, well, God, I hope this is one of those movies where they die at the beginning and then it. I hope it's a movie where they just argue because that's what I need in horror because that's not not enough at this point. It's just people arguing constantly. Sometimes you'll get those false intros where it's got a really annoying couple and then they get killed and then it introduces your characters. And that's great. That sets the mood. But unfortunately, these pricks survived and you, uh, well, they sort of survive and you in the long term. I mean, um, I mean, and if you're worried about spoilers at this point, if you're worried about what's happening, <laughs> we're children, in here, folks. <laughs> yeah. I, like it, you got to sit down and, and, and find a therapist or a social worker or get out of the house. Uh, you know, spoilers at this point don't fucking matter. It's children of the corn Genesis. I just want right. to get out of this cellar that we are locked in and see daylight before I die. I'd like to stop eating corn. Um, they get to this farmhouse and it's the Billy Drago running through this whole thing of the actor they got to play young Billy was really good you can at least give credit to them trying to find somebody that looked like him which is not not an easy task I don't feel I don't think that's an average casting call where it goes and it basically is they bird the child that is the new children of the corn messiah and he's got psychic powers and they keep him locked in the shed with a russian no she's not russian with a like czechoslovakian internet bride yes because so they supposed to have a baby i don't know i can't remember the exact story it doesn't I, I yeah they don't I, I can't remember the specifics, but they don't just leave you hanging as to why there is a random checklist of because they're very prominent to, to say she's not Russian and uh, explain how she got into the story, which, you know, we're supposed to be reviewing it. So I guess we should have known that. But it's dark in here. All I can think about. I've been smoking corn husks. I'm not feeling well. I'm not there. I think we've developed a fungus from the corn and we're hallucinating somewhat. And it's not pleasant. Not the Native Americans, they will explain it all. John red bear yeah it's just nothing of consequence happens it's a whole lot of arguing the entire time and then when we finally like uh, well that's the thing a lot of stuff happens and it's a lot of what you hate with these weird dream sequences and flashing lights and weird possible psychic kids the sheriff eventually shows up and i guess uh, the kid can just make people fly out of the atmosphere and got psychic powers hank yeah, well, I mean, there's just stuff. So, th- I mean, there's just stuff happening nonstop, but none of it has a reason. None of it matters. Well, like, the thing that, like, because I sat through this movie, I'm just like, God damn, this is fucking boring. And then at the end, when they finally get out of the farmhouse and ultimately they're going to be saved or whatever, and what happens is a tractor trailer truck drops a car and causes them to have a car accident. And this is where I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Because, first of all, 
all the footage that the car carrying. Fucking B-roll from Transformers or yes. a Die Hard movie or something. It's stock footage. It's very obvious stock footage. And when they actually had the accident, it's just like them spinning the camera around with this couple in a station. Oh, wait, this is a dimension shit. picture. So this is definitely B-roll from a Final Destination movie. And, yes, more than likely. And we don't see anything like any of the accident we just had Dwayne Whitaker walk up and he's apparently in on this oh yeah Dwayne Whitaker is the uh, special appearance in this and like and they he like I guess he's the oh like he was following them the entire time and no one else on this very populated major highway doesn't stop to see what happened in this accident and there's no police presence he's able to actually kidnap a woman away from the scene of uh, a he's the the Drayton Sawyer character yeah that's just not the way it goes so I like I, reinvestigating the movie and like randomly the uh, the Czechoslovakian broad ordering a toy for the kid that's a car carrier. That's like this is all back writing. It's an odd toy. Footage. What makes that some even weird stock footage that you like tried to stream together to give it some sort of dynamic in, ending to like. Well, what makes that scene even fucking weirder is Dwayne Whitaker's like, yeah, I had one of these as a boy and wore it the fuck out. What a weird car carrier. That's all right. But weird, yeah, it's just weird plot device you had to somehow introduce and couldn't come up with another more clever way to introduce it or write a better way to to introduce it. Because uh, Joel wrote this also. This is his screenplay. And you also get on the this is one of the worst uh, covers, I think, based on the story by Stephen King. This one's just a bad Photoshop of a dark cornfield and a child that doesn't appear in the movie with a giant sickle. And it says Children of the Corn Genesis. Keeping that marketing going, Dimension. Um, Stephen King's getting a nickel out of this. And I, I guess my biggest problem with this is time period. In fact, it's Dimension Films. It's just I understand you don't want to spend a lot of money. I understand you don't want to give them a million dollar, but I get these things. But you like if you have a competent writer, you should be able to write your way out of this. But you didn't. You like you tried to like Joel drop the ball. budget. You tried to make it look like uh, we spent a little money. You, Everybody knows you didn't. And it's just it's just one of those thing like rides that you sit through where it's just so boring and just so cheap. And you, but you really continuously you forget what the plot is. interesting with it. Yeah. Like as you're progressing through the movie, you keep having a kind of question and wonder, like, what the hell's going on? What What does this have to do with Children of the Corn? Yeah. Like and then it'll touch back like, OK, so he survived the Gatlin massacre. But wait, the, what? OK. And then you just re-step every step going back and forward. And then it finally gets to like a, a comprehensible ending and it stops like that's the end. It's over. Your ride's done. It's yeah, I like the pregnant woman for her baby. I don't even want to say it's unrateable, but it's a one like like it's fucking it's not a Children of the Corn movie. It has little to do like the concept, like I said, is I'm great. This half. Well, I mean, this guy survives the Gatlin massacre and is allowed to live to produce a new prophet as an idea. That's pretty fucking cool. None of that showed up, though. Like if you had just written that. You could have done it with no cast and a no setting, but you focused on this weird ghost aspect. Because, again, like looking at when it came out, 2011, a lot of the jump scare ghost movies were starting to come up. The uh, what's that series? The one everything filmed on camera where they're all in their house and nothing happens for nine paranormal movies. Activity. Yeah, paranormal activity and all that shit was starting to get popular around then. So ghosts, it's ghost kids, whatever. And that's what the last movie was. Ghost kids. That's not scary. It needs to be fucking religious children. Nothing is scarier than religious children. 
this is the problem I have with Dimension Pictures, like, and they're still doing it to this day. I don't know, like, I don't know how many movies Dimension's putting out after the last, like, two years, though. But regardless, like, they just want to market on a name and here's a product. They don't put any time or care. Well, it's not even marketing on the name. It's they don't want anyone else to have the oh, title. Yeah. I mean, in case some genius like Ari Aster or some, you know, up and coming director decides that they want to remake Hellraiser for 10 fucking years. Well, yeah, and- that's my point. You know, they're waiting and they're going to hold on to these titles because maybe just in case one of these really, really great new guys that's just making amazing movies is going to go, I want want to remake children of the corn i want to remake hellraiser so they're holding out and pumping these dumb sequels out to maybe make a buck in the future and in the long run shooting themselves in the foot because like killing the property by doing that no one's gonna want to see a remake when they just watched your sequel that sucked the dick well i mean a lot of original content because of how you can make films now is being made like hp lovecraft stories that were formerly thought unfilmable some of these geniuses like panos cosmatos are making them and a lot of these stories when you read them are just out of this world like we've discussed with lovecraft and stephen king lovecraft would sometimes just say that's ah, an unseeable evil it's really spooky and emits a green light and that's it that's all you got so taking you know how filmmaking was done prior and how people can work and do things now they can use a lot of more original subject matter like older thing like like lovecraft doesn't have a big film catalog you've got reanimator um shadow over in's mouth and there's one with Dean Stockwell. I think that's Shadow of Rinsmouth in the, the Dean 70s. Dean Stockwell? Yeah, oh, you're talking about the Dunwich Horror. Dunwich Horror, yeah, with Dean Stockwell. That was the 70s one. one of the, they the remade first that in 2009 for the Sci-Fi Channel with Dean Stockwell. Yeah, both are actually not what you would call good, but it had nothing to do with Dean Stockwell. But I mean, but my whole point is, you know, you could take it somewhere and you can take original subject matter somewhere. And these people are, are holding off on we're going to get this big money out of this one day and nothing's going to come from the Children of the Corn series. The remake was all right. And it's still what came of it. Fucking nothing, because especially with them, like Hellraiser is the easiest way to interpret this, because pro- progressively Hellraiser has gotten less and less and less about Hellraiser, and about the themes of Hellraiser and about completely something else, because like. The last Hellraiser movie, Hellraiser Judgment, was another script that they recalibrated to throw Pinhead in and make it a... So all the weird shit... I've never been able to finish the last Hellraiser movie either. You said it was manageable. A lot of people have mentioned to me that it's a pretty decent movie, and I've gotten into it three or four times, and I've just had to stop because it's... I don't care. And like some of the stuff in it, like I like the fact that they tried to make it perverse again at times, but they don't take it anywhere and go to this stocks, like seven, like plot. And I just like, why do we need any plot other than like what's going on with the box and Hellraiser and anything else? Well, because we don't have a script and we don't really know where to do this. And we're just trying to hold on to the property rights. And we didn't even like that movie does not even have a million dollar budget. I think it was, like somewhere in the neighborhood of like six hundred thousand dollars, and for a Hellraiser movie, you can't like even like the special effects people basically work for free, for fuck's sakes, because they just don't want to spend any money on this kind of stuff. They just want to dump it out, and that's what they've been doing with Hellraiser, Children of the Corn, and any other property they can buy up. 
Uh, I say this somewhat regularly, but funnily enough, I think I heard it from you. The To me, the Hellraiser series progressively gets worse as it's numbered. So, you know, part one, yep. part two, part three, part four. I think enjoyably the last Hellraiser movie I can sit and watch as in a series is part three and really enjoy it. Part four, which is an Alan Smithy movie, if that says anything to you, I, is ridiculous. Hellraiser in space wasn't fun for me. Well, Dean Winters is fine. The one with... Uh, Nightbreed is fine, but they have nothing to do with with Hellraiser. To me, I I don't know. That's just they meh. all they all go into weird Jacob's Ladder plots and bullshit like that because yeah, and hell, that's uh, you have people, to be a certain kind of person to tackle the Hellraiser concepts. And you well, have here's to the be, issue though: some people will argue that that's more interesting conceptually what Hellraiser is about. Oh, but yes. even from like Clive Barker, it's sex freaks from beyond the grave. Yes, so it's it's torture, sadomasochism, violence, and you know Bondage even the is first inherently intertwined in Hellraiser, and that well, the first book was somewhat in your the ideas you're working with in your movie. The first book wasn't some genius piece of literature that a movie was based on. He pumped the book out to sell as a tie-in to the movie, and they just didn't get to express a lot visually what they wanted to. Part two kind of gets a little bit more into it, and then it starts going into, as you aptly said, Jacob's Ladder territory. That's fine and great, but Lance Henriksen walking around a weird house party, and then Pinhead shows up. Mm. Well, it's just, it's... Like trying to appeal to that's not Hellraiser, that is something else. And any fan of Hellraiser, most of the people, like myself, we're, I mean, we're into freaky shit. And if you're going to, I'm into fucked up visuals. I'm not so much into the territory, you know, like I'm not going into the sadomasochism from beyond the grave, but you show me somebody that comes from floorboards regaining their body through 90 minutes. Like I'm deeply into that visual. I love that. That's, that's well, scary. That's all to me. works because it all is ties into the same kind of idea. And it's become more of a, like a religious allegory thing because it's literally hell and these are demons and these demons are well, now you're... it's like no 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 that has nothing to do with Hellraiser because Hellraiser well, is no, about... it, it kind of does now though because you have the hellbound heart and then the Scarlet Gospels and the Scarlet Gospels he literally is like a priest of hell they Lucifer's in the story here before you know so well I mean in in like the the Clive Barker mythology there is a whole thing but it's his like ever world of heaven and hell it, but. My point is none of that matters because in Hellraiser, what made Hellraiser interesting is the fact that there are rules that most of these people who are opening the the box, box. we came want to open the box. They want to experience like pain as pleasure and pleasure as pain. That's part of the idea, the concept. And when you get it into all these ideas of guilt and fucking you're a piece of shit cop or you tried to kill your wife and now you're in hell and we're punishing you. It's like, what? I don't care. Like, if you're, like, if this was still in the Hellraiser genre, wouldn't Dean Winters just be in his own personal hell being flogged and lots of, wouldn't, what, what is all this weird, okay. stupid bullshit? I think, I got it. So, they're watering the, the cultist kids know it's trioxin, and they're watering the crop with the trioxin to power he who walks behind the rose, and they've got a sacrifice, and the sacrifice was a traveler of extreme pleasure who now has the Lamont configuration and decides to open it to get the last bit of pleasure before being sacrificed to the trioxin he who walks behind the rose, releasing 
Hellraiser and, you know, whatever you want to call him, Pinhead, uh, Zyptotech, our Lord, the Flayed One, who is angry with he who walks behind the roads because he is a renegade god from hell. And they have an ultimate battle because it's Children of the Corn Razor, Return of the Living Corn Razors, Return of the Living Hell Corn, Return of the Living Corn Hell, Return of the Corn Hells Razor. <laughs> I got an idea and I think it's a good one. Man, just hit a Bob Weinstein with it. He loves it. He's Somebody's saying, got to. <laughs> he would put that out in a heartbeat as long as he held on to the distribution rights. Just, you know, compounding on what we've been talking about, is this really a stretch of a sequel? I don't think it's a bad idea. It is a very stretch of a sequel for me. Yeah, well, you're like 1% of the audience. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. The other 99% might be interested. Isn't there a Sharknado that's a zombie Sharknado now? There's a shark tidal wave. Okay, so you're making my point. Right, this could sell. Somebody's going to fucking watch this fella. Somebody's going to go to Walmart. horror will sell because people like horror films. Good ones, bad ones, whatever. Yeah, right now you can go buy three from hell at Walmart and get a T-shirt that says Disco Sucks because it was in the movie. Yeah, as long as you can keep selling products. The most important thing, though, is... Disco Sucks. Well, it's not even so much... As no, it's films, the point titles. is that Disco sucked. That was the whole point. That would have that if you'd have said that, it'd have been funny. It'd have been like, ah, Disco sucks. Disco doesn't suck though. Ah. Disco's awesome. Okay, whatever. But like, part of the problem with so because people want to hold on to Pinhead because I get to make Funko pops. No, people want to hold on to Doug that. Bradley. They don't want to hold on to Pinhead. It's not even. Oh, that. I'm not talking about. No, I'm talking about corporations. I'm talking no. about the people themselves. People themselves just want marketing they want crap they want i want 74 year old robert england to just come back and put on the makeup for 12 hours a day and fucking do it i just i want my guy to do it i just i don't even know if he's 74 i threw that out there but i don't think he's 74 but close enough but anyway that's i mean that's generally it's about making money it is not about integrity of art or anything else and children of the corn pretty much proves that because think of any of these movies and how good any of them are it's not about integrity or you have something to say with a piece. Well, going back to Children of the Corn, you know, the, the guys even that made it, the people behind Children of the Corn went in specifically to make a movie, as they say in their own words. We just wanted to make a really solid B-movie. We had B-movie material, so we wanted to just deliver a really great B-movie. And if everyone else following that kind of, I don't know, creed would have just made a really solid B-movie, Children of the Corn might have been a more successful series. Robert England is 72. I was only two years off, so I wasn't that that far off. But um, yeah, he's only 72. But nothing else seems to follow that creed. You know, everything tries to become a, a scarier movie and then open its own mythos of, no, we have the true preacher. We have the true he who walks behind the rose. And then the next movie decides to ignore it. And by doing so, each one kind of reboots itself and essentially is a remake. And they all progressively suck. Yes, because no one cares about continuity or any of that shit, which with Children of the Corn, I don't mind because Children of the Corn is a nothing idea. It's literally an eight page story, for fuck's sakes. It should have not continued on as long as it has. But oddly, on the next episode, we will get into a place of weird continuity because one of the next movies is a sequel to a remake, but also seems to be a sequel to other movies in the series. So we'll get more and unnecessarily deeper into the Children of the Corn series. I will like to say I'll pride Death by DVD on the fact that I don't think there's a lot of people that have uh, so ignorantly and bravely tackled the Children of the Corn series as we have. 
I think we have, a, yeah, we uh, have uncovered new ground here. We've released something completely new for the audience. And that's I, a big fat lie. What are you talking about? Uh, well, I mean, you look around, man. Where's the in-depth look and reviewing of the Children of the Corn series? We're really, you know, striking oil. What, what's your review? We, we give this last one. Uh, I gave it gave, a half. I gave it. Well, I'll give it a half. Yeah, fuck. I didn't know we could do half. So I'll give it a half. Um, what about the Revelation first Half. I'll give it a star. Like people bothered to like remember their lines. So yeah, congratulations, you got a half star. So the ashtray is full and the bottle's empty. We're smoking corn husks. I've been brewing corn wine mixed with pea. It's potent. Death by DVD was recorded live in Gatlin, Nebraska, in front of he who walks behind the road.